Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space. My guest today is Michelle West. And Michelle West is coming on the podcast now for her third time because she is about to embark on one of the toughest road races on the face of the earth. She is about to embark on the Badwater 135. Badwater 135 is 135 continuous miles through Death Valley, California, one of the hottest places on the face of the earth. And she is doing this for the third time. She has completed the Badwater 135 on two previous occasions. We've been really lucky to have Michelle on the podcast in both of those times. The first one was after the race. The second time was probably about 10 to 12 days before the race. We are now less than 24 hours from the start of the race. So we get to kind of compare and contrast experiences. This is going to be a lot of fun. Michelle, you're less than 24 hours away from the start of the 2018 Badwater 135. How are you? You know, I am a little nervous. So I'm excited, but nervous. And pretty soon that's going to turn into let's get this show on the road. <laughs> totally. I'm ready to go. You currently are in Furnace Creek, California. Give us a sense of where you are, what's going on around you, who's there, how hot is it at 9.05 at night Pacific Standard when we're recording this? So I am at the Furnace Creek Inn, which is this beautiful hotel out in the middle of nowhere. I think their ad currently <laughs> says in the middle of in the middle of nowhere you'd rather be, which is pretty good. Um, it's a beautiful hotel, and they're undergoing a big renovation, and it's kind of exciting for the people who work here, I think, for the people at the park. Um, but in the middle of this desolate desert is this beautiful hotel, and the place is just buzzing with activity. There are people from all over the country and all over the world. I mean, there's a lot of competitors who are coming from um, several different countries to compete in this event. Uh, right now, it's, you know, like you said, less than 24 hours away for the first wave of runners, and it is just buzzing. Everybody's having dinner. We already had our race meeting and check-in, went over the rules. The uh, park service uh, assistant to the superintendent told us, well, you know why you're here, and there's going to be record-breaking potential for record-breaking heat. Oh, and there's also 20% chance of uh, thunderstorms and, you know, basically this is welcome to Death Valley. That's why you're here. It's a place of extremes, extreme, you know, heat. It's, you know, the lowest point, the hottest point in uh, North America. And it's just, you know, basically just a place of extremes. So what you're saying is the Badwater 135 is going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. When you're in the racer village where exactly. everyone's kind of congregating and the crews are buying supplies and people are stocking their support vehicles, what's that sort of spirit like in that last few hours when people are making the last minute adjustments? Everyone, my recollection is everyone is really, I mean, shoulder to shoulder, you're crossing paths with one another. Everyone is very, very kind of closely confined even though you're on this sort of hotel complex, what's the sort of spirit, the sort of energy as you're interfacing with people from all over the world who are all there for one purpose to tackle this incredible challenge? Yeah, it's a friendly, uh, nervous, competitive, 
but uh, just a friendly environment full of, I mean, everybody's nervous. I'll say that. And they want to make sure they have everything for themselves and their runners because of the extreme environment. Um, but, you know, it's this sense of we're all in this together. Um, and it, so it is an, it's an exciting and sort of a collegial in, environment. You know, everybody, I mean, you feel like a tribe, like this is an interesting tribe of people. And you obviously all have the same, you must have a shared goal. I mean, you, you're out here, you're giving your time to this endeavor and you must have a shared passion because it takes passion to get out here and run in these conditions and, and ask that not only of your body, but of your friends, of your family, of, of everything. So it's a, it's a exciting, uh, exciting environment. We do these conversations on Explore the Space with people like yourself who undertake these extraordinary challenges, right? The Badwater 135, it's very rare air for people to even attempt something like this, even to conceive of attempting something like it, let alone to do it for a third time. And the reason is because of what you're just describing, that you're staring down the face of a challenge. You have people around you that are there to support you. Everyone is kind of having that shared experience of fear and anxiety and excitement and trepidation and all of the adjectives that you can imagine. But being the person, I mean, you're the focal point of this. You're one of a hundred people from around the world who's actually going to be taking this challenge head on. How do you, less than 24 hours away, settle yourself, focus your mind, ready your body? How do you prepare yourself on the eve of a challenge like this? You know, that's a good question. I am dealing with that right now. So right now I am just trying to be calm. I've had a nice dinner. I'm basically putting together my last minute list of things that I need to deal with so that by tomorrow in the early afternoon, I can essentially have only two things to worry about, which is what am I going to wear and what am I going to have in my first water bottle? And then I'm just going to run. So as long as I take care of, of everything else, uh, you know, logistics, as far as, you know, where am I going to put all my, all my belongings? I mean, all the logistics of this race is, is incredibly challenging. So I'm trying to get that all out of my head uh, tonight so that I can get a good rest, make sure it's all taken care of tomorrow. And then I'm going to give myself a few hours tomorrow afternoon to try to you know, take a nap and get some rest because I've heard a lot of these competitors who's, who've done this for several years now say that the hardest part about this race has become the two nights that you have to run through and the sleep deprivation is extremely difficult. Uh, not only the heat, but the sleep deprivation in a, in a regular hundred mile run, you might, you know, you'll go through one night maybe, but in this race, you're starting out at night, you're running through the first night and most of us will run through a second night. So two nights of, uh, of extremely uh, pushing yourself, uh, running through the night, even if you're walking through the night and in the heat, uh, and then to do that again and ask your body to do that again for a second night uh, is tough. So I just want to get as much rest and get as much out of my mind as possible so that when I get to the starting line, I just know what the task ahead is, which is just basically keep going and and that's it. So just trying to relax the night before, make sure the logistics are taken care of. 
I remember the one we did this conversation probably 50 weeks ago, right? It was a couple of weeks before the bad water actually started. And we talked about how you keep yourself motivated, how you actually execute once you're out there on the road and you used your term relentless forward motion. And that term has obviously made the ripple effect through our community on explore the space and, you know, my friends and family, cause it's like, that's just such a wonderful descriptive term. So now you're doing this for a third time. As you're sort of making your mental preparations, you're doing your checklist, you're resting your body, you're trying to focus. Are you laying in other tools based on experience that go along with that mantra of relentless forward motion of don't quit, don't stop? Are there other things that you've added that are things that we can, as people trying to learn from what you're undertaking here, that we can kind of draw on? Yeah, what I've done is, I mean, of course, it's the relentless forward motion, relentless forward motion, absolutely. But I also find a lot of motivation for me personally by running for a cause. I mean, I feel like I am better, a better me when I know I'm doing this for some other purpose, not just me proving to myself that I can do it. So this year, I'm raising money for... um, uh, National MS Society, Multiple Sclerosis Society, and I'm actually running in honor of uh, a friend of mine who's had MS for 30 years, and I get a great motivation every time I get uh, a, a donation to my charity. I know that the person in whose honor I'm running is watching me do the race, and she's very happy that I'm raising money for this cause to battle MS um, and to fund research for, uh, you know, treatments that will improve the life or, uh, of people who have MS. And so I get, uh, I'm more motivated by that. That's something that helps me a lot. And in fact, I'll even tell my crew members that if I get really down and I'm talking about quitting or I'm, you know, just really down, I will give them a name of the person who I'm running for and they'll say that name to me. And that will bring me back to remember why I'm doing this. And it's not just for me and just the, you know, pursuit of this amazing endeavor just to see if I can do it, but I'm also doing it because it is, I think it's motivational to other people and I think it's inspirational for other people. And I've found from doing these events that people actually like to watch it. They, they're inspired by it. They like when I raise money for their charity. They like it when I run for someone in honor of someone and it just gives it a greater meaning. So that is, that's another thing that I, that motivates me and pushes me forward. As you're describing this idea of a purpose larger than yourself, sharing that purpose with other people, connecting with something beyond just what your own experience is that you're doing it on behalf of someone else. That is the connective tissue that pulls all of these conversations together. And quite honestly, as we've talked about before, I mean, you and I've talked about this separately, but also on the show, it's the stuff that connects people when they're facing a challenge, just like your friend on whose behalf you're running, who is dealing with multiple sclerosis, that these same skills allow people to keep moving forward when they're dealing with any sort of challenge, physical, mental, whatever the case may be. So it's really wonderful and affirming to hear you describe it like that. But I also want to ask you about this concept of experience. Do you have a sense of being a veteran now that you've done this before, that it's going to make it easier, that it's going to make it harder? Are people coming up and saying, Michelle, I'm a rookie. My crew, they're all rookies. We've never done this. What is coming up? Are you this one of the kind of grizzled veterans out there or is it still, this is all new and no one knows what to expect. 
You know, I am a veteran in the sense I've crewed it once and I've completed it twice. And for some reason this year, I'm actually a little bit more anxious than usual. So I was wondering why that was happening. And so I went up to one of the veterans who has uh, been at the starting line 10 times and as an eight-time finisher, um, I think she's 60 years old. She's in great shape, named Cheryl Zerkowski. And I said, for some reason, I'm nervous this year. And she said, well, of course you are, because we know what to, we know what to expect out there. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that's a really that's a really good point. Yeah. So the reason I'm anxious is because uh, I mean, even though yes, I'm a veteran, I know I can do it. But you know, when you know what's waiting for you out there, when you really know what it's like to start and you know to have the the gun go off at the beginning and to be in your first mile and to have this wave of fear come over you that, Oh my gosh, I've got to run 134 more miles. And I just finished the first one. And to know that you have at mile 70, uh, you know, looking up, up, up towards Panamint Springs to know that your legs are baking um, from the, the heat that's coming, radiating off the pavement and to know that you are just out of your mind with fatigue and the sun is pounding on you. I mean, you really remember those things. Those are, I mean, you remember them with vivid detail. You can almost feel the the sun beating down on you because you have done it before. And so in a way, you know what to expect. You know you can survive it, but you also fear it because you've been through it. So it's an interesting combination. I'm not a rookie. I am a veteran, but I've, I've done it, you know, finished it twice. I'm hoping for a third finish. And, you know, it is, it's tough that the conditions are extreme. And then what your body goes through, you know, you hope and pray that your body is going to perform the way that it has in the past and that it's going to, you know, move you forward to the finish line and you're going to stay strong mentally and physically. And, you know, you're not going to have any, any accidents. You know, this is my first year where I am recovering from an accident on a run where I actually ended up in the hospital on a hundred mile run and had to be airlifted out of the mountains on a trail race. And so maybe I'm a little bit more nervous because I know what it's like now to be injured and to be out of the running game for a few months. And, you know, I, I'm back I'm I'm feel like I'm recovered, but, um, you know, it's, it's a whole new ball game sort of, it's a whole new way of looking at things when you've, uh, had your first injury and had to come back. And so maybe it makes me a little bit more anxious. I know it's a really long answer, but that's, that's kind of how I feel this year. A little anxious. I'm, you know, positive. I've got a good positive outlook. I know I can do it based on my past performance, but I also know that the body and the conditions, the environment that you're running in and your body and how it reacts to it, you know, you just never know. Every year could be a different race. One of the most fascinating things about the Badwater 2 is that it draws together a community of people like yourself. A lot of people do this more than once. And most of the people that do this, this is not something that they are doing professionally. You're not a professional runner. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful. You're a busy practicing attorney. You have a full-time job. (laughs) This is is, is a side hustle, right? This is a side gig for you. And yet you're there and you can do it and you've done it before. And a lot of the other people that are out there are in that same vein. They do something else and they run. Is that an advantage? In something like this where you are not there is not, you know, a million dollar pot at the end of the race. There is not, uh, you know, a sponsorship deal that this is just about yourself, that this is about testing your own limits and that the challenge is whatever you set in your mind. Is that an advantage for something like this? 
I think it is for me because I'm a, you know, I'm a, an attorney. I'm a 15 year attorney and I have a great job. I'm a partner at a great law firm and it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, maybe I can't, I, I couldn't do this professionally because I mean, my, my profession is as an attorney and my break, my sanity, the way I get my sanity from being an attorney is running and sort of doing these, uh, ultra events. And so I think, uh, it's an advantage for me because I think of this as, uh, pure fun. <laughs> I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this just for me. There's no, I don't really feel any pressure other than to just finish it and have a good time. Um, I mean, I don't have any real sponsors who are paying me anything. I mean, I do have a couple of sponsors this year who gave me hats and shirts and things like that, but I don't feel like I'm going to let anybody down, you know, because they pay me to do this for a living. I mean, this is what what I do for, for pure joy and to, to challenge myself. And also it's, it's what makes me, I think a better lawyer because this is, what I do in addition to being a lawyer or it's my, it's my separate passion. So I think like this sport makes me better at being a lawyer and, uh, and it just is a good, uh, it's just a good fit for me and my personality. So I do think it's an advantage. And I think I would be much more stressed out if I was, let's say, you know, running for a purse or doing this as a occupation. This is a pure, passion project for me. I do it because I just love it. So now we sort of move into this final phase and it's so much fun talking with you when you're this close because a group of us were really fortunate to be right there with you doing the same thing, but actually in person a couple of years ago. And it is such an incredible evolution. You may feel anxious. You do not sound anywhere near as anxious as you did before. And I give you a lot of credit around that because clearly something about this, I mean, you get tempered in fire almost literally and figuratively, but this is, you've become hardened to what's coming in a good way, in a positive way. And I say that to be reinforcing (laughs) that it's, you've, you know, it's that sort of effect of being in a crucible. You've done it and the DNA changes a little bit. And it, it just, you're tough and you're ready. Well, I'm glad you say that. I'm glad that's how I sound because I, I do think I'm tough. I do think I'm tough and I, and I, you know, I look around and I see these other people. I, you know, it, it's hard to not compare yourself to other people. You see these sure. winners like Pete Koselnick is here and he's, you know, won it before. I think he has the course record. And then there's all these amazing female athletes, you know, none of the past winners are running this year for the females, but you know, there's the second place female runner. I saw her and, you know, you sort of find yourself looking at other people and, and saying like, oh, wow, they look, you know, they look fit. They look faster than me. They look fitter than me. But in the end, it's like, I, you know, I feel pretty good. I'm really lucky to have this, this body that, that just moves me through this. And it is, I am capable of suffering and my body is capable of surviving uh, in these conditions and keeping going. And at the same time, I still find joy from it. I mean, I have joy is what I remember when I finished the, you know, when I crossed the finish line, I will go back and I'll remember there were really hard times, but really it's coming out of those hard times that feels amazing. It's coming out of the deep dark and it might be 50 miles of feeling miserable, but you know, when you come out of that, it is just amazing. And it is uh, you know, I, and I think I've described it like this before. It's like euphoric. I mean, you really feel euphoric and you just, it's amazing when you can go through the tough times and come out and feel better 
And then, you know, you may have tough times again, but going through the tough times is what makes you learn that you will come out of it and you will feel better. And so that is what allows you to, you know, keep going is, you know, that you will come out of it. You just have to just push through it. You just got to keep up with the relentless forward motion. I think that what you just described, that, that crystallizes the human experience that people who don't run the bad water can still understand what this looks like or seek to understand what it might feel like to look, look a challenge in the eye, to be less than 24 hours away from a challenge and mentally and physically prepare the best you can to tackle it and understand what the expectations would be. You are bib number 22. We can follow yeah. the race on the webcast, badwater.com, and we can track your progress. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait either. It's going to be fun. <laughs> You've got a great crew. Your brother's your crew chief. He's going to take amazing care of you and the rest of the group. It's going to be hot. It's going to be tough. You've done it before. You're going to do it again. We and the Explore the Space community are excited for you and cannot wait to follow along. And we will look forward to seeing the pictures of you hitting the tape in a couple of days. Oh my gosh. Yes. Woo. I'm very excited. Now I'm even more excited. I'm pumped up. All right, Michelle. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. And thanks to you all so much for listening. You can follow the Badwater 135 this year. This episode will be posted a few hours before Michelle hits the course. So definitely follow along www.badwater.com. Michelle is bib number 22. There are 99 other runners and the webcast is really cool. You can watch the second by second progress of the runners. It is really, really inspiring. And I would encourage everybody to do that. You can follow Badwater on Twitter as well. And you can continue to follow the show. You can subscribe to Explore the Space on iTunes. Please leave a rating and a review. It really helps the show out. Please shoot me an email at mark at explorethespaceshow.com if you have any questions or thoughts or ideas. Always love to hear from people who are listening to the show. And we will be back soon. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.